Here we are, folks. It's another day in the neighborhood. It is August 18th, Wednesday. Uh, dreary, rainy day today. I guess you can sit here and say, oh, blah, blah. But on a positive note, the rain is needed. It's needed for the grass and the flowers and the beauty of a green summer. You know, the trees and everything. Uh, we've had some dry spells and now it's time to catch up on the rain a little bit and make sure that everything gets watered, replenish the water tables, and so on. I'm Tom Young, and I'm here for AnchorFM.com, podcast called Money Ships, and Facebook Live at the Family Money Farm Group. Today's going to be an interesting topic. I've got a bunch of things to talk about today, but as always, we start every presentation with a prayer for everybody. We pray for each other. We pray for others. We pray for family and friends. We pray that the Lord would touch their hearts and grow them into the people that God meant and expected us to become. In this China virus atmosphere that we're in and the Delta variant they're calling it and all the things going on, we really don't know where this is going to go. The political debacle from yesterday and the day before in Afghanistan, I, I, I don't, no political opinions here today, uh, but we need to pray for everybody. It, it is so important. Prayers are the most powerful things in the world. Because when we pray, especially for others, it makes our heart warmer, and it fills us with gratitude for the blessings that we have, for the ability to think about and pray for others. We want to pray for those who have been lost and the, and the ones who have lost loved ones during this period of time that died alone in hospitals and nursing homes when people were not allowed to visit. I know in my heart that the Lord was there with every one of those human beings, every one of those moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas. I know the Lord was with them when they passed. We pray that he gathers them into his arms, takes them to his kingdom of heaven and above. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless us all. God bless you all. Let me get started today. I have a great quote today. We have a new person today, John F. Kennedy. Let me read a little bit about Mr. John F. Kennedy, our past president. John F. Kennedy was elected the 31st president of the United States at age 43. He was the youngest man and the first Roman Catholic ever elected. Kennedy graduated from Harvard University in 1936 joined the U.S. Navy shortly before World War II. While on active duty in the Pacific, the Japanese destroyed a boat under his command, the PT-109. There was a movie about it. Despite a back injury, Kennedy showed great heroism in rescuing his crew. After holding seats in both House and the Senate, Kennedy was elected president in 1960. His style, charisma, and oratory won his admiration won him admiration at home and abroad. 
but his life was tragically cut short by an assassin's bullet in 1963. His major accomplishments include the formation of the Peace Corps and the deft handling of the Cuban Missile Crisis. His book, Profiles in Courage, won a Pulitzer Prize in 1957. The quote today from past President John F. Kennedy is, we need men who can dream of things that never were. Isn't that calling on our creative imagination? We need men who can dream of things that never were. That's an amazing, amazing quote because it settles right in place with the things that I have been talking about. The greatness that lies inside each and every one of you. It isn't for free. It takes work and action. It takes belief and courage to find that greatness inside each and every one of you. It's there. I have seen it come to life in so many people in my life. I've seen the changes that I have gone through because I never quit. There's no quit in my DNA. That's my saying. There's my Thomism. There is no quit in my DNA. I will work at and maybe sometimes I'm slower at learning something new, but I will not quit and I will not give up. Sometimes to my own detriment, but I will not quit and I will not give up. We talk about saving. I have a very, very good friend in the financial service business, Byron Moore. And, and I get newsletters from Byron. I'm going to give him credit, but I'm going to steal some of his thunder today. And what I always talk about is, and you know, you need to save money for your future. If you ever believe and hope that you can retire someday, you need to save money. Maybe you'd like to, but you don't know how to save money. So if how is the hook, here's your hook. You will by the time you finish this column. First things first, saving is a habit. Like all habits, it requires motivation and momentum. Here's how to find motivation. Calculate how much you need. For now, you work and your employer pays you. Pretty simple. But since you may not be eager or able to work the rest of your life, you need to save enough money now so that you'll have enough to live off of later. Have you ever stopped to calculate how much you might need? You know, if I look at this and I say there's some very simple ways to do this, compare your future need with your present savings habit. With an estimate of how much you'll need for your post-retirement years, you can figure out how much money you need to be saving between now and then. Let's say you realize that you need to be saving 15 to 20% of your current annual income, but you're not doing that. What then? Keep reading. Okay, I'm motivated. Now what? First, first save, then spend. So the rule is this simple. When you get paid, you take money and carve up, excuse me, savings first. Then you spend. Because what I find most people, they, they spend first and then save what's left. 
and and I know there is not very often much left over on the back end. Start now with something. You know, even if it's only $50 a month, you need to save something, okay? So that's number two. Number three, save your raises. You get a raise at work. So you make 5,000 a month today and you get a 3% raise over the next 10 years. So that's a $1,500 a year raise. So now you're at 6,500 a month, a decade from now. If you committed to saving those raises, you would be saving $1,500 each month. Just keep going. You're gonna have some unpleasant surprises along the way. The HVAC system will go out, etc. The car will break down, another child will need braces, but not all the surprises will be unpleasant. Along the way, you'll get a bonus, a savings raise, more pay, other unexpected things will happen that will give you more money. Be prepared and make the decision when that extra money shows up, it's not the time to go buy that thing you've been dreaming about buying, it's time to save more money. You know, even in scripture, you know, we talk about lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 10.4. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Proverbs 6, 10 and 11. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame. Proverbs 13, 18. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Proverbs 14, 23. The plans of the diligent lead to profit and are surely as haste leads to poverty. Proverbs 21, 5. Those who work with their hands will have abundant food. But those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. Obviously, focusing on what's wrong with it, and since what you focus on expands, you'll keep getting more of what's wrong. I used to call myself a weird experiences magnet. (laughs) You know, we talk about all this stuff and going on. We have to talk about the government. This is an article that was in the newspaper. Wall Street Journal on July July 13th, just a month or so ago. Government piles up debt, testing new limits. This is an interesting article because right now the government is looking to pass another $7 trillion, another $3 trillion of deficit spending this year. Advocates are saying spending, also encouraged by the new economic thinking about debt, could usher in a period of robust global growth, reversing the malaise many wealthy countries have felt this century. But if those theories are off base, the world could be saddled with debts that can be absorbed only with inflation and higher taxes. Remember that word inflation that's going around right now that we have, we're on the verge of very high inflation this year. You cannot continue to print money and shove it into the marketplace 
without driving the stock market up, without causing inflation, because more dollars in the marketplace lower the value of yours and my dollars. That's inflation. Historically, the average over the last 30 to 35 years in America, based on government figures, which I dispute, say that inflation averaged around 3%. So in 25 years, your dollar will only be worth 47 cents. So just think with me now that if you're 60 years old and you're just thinking about retirement and your income is 100,000 a year right now, you're saving some money, you're putting money in your 401k or salary savings in some way, but then you realize that in 25 years, when you're 85 years old, you'll need 200,000 a year income just to be even with the board, with purchasing power. Now explain to me how, when and if you retire, you're gonna continue to double your household income over the next 25 years with 3% per year incremental increases. I have done retirement planning for many, many people and very seldom do I find people that have saved enough money that without drastic cuts in expenses. And then they say, well, you know, when I get older, I'll need less money. Not necessarily so because the more chronologically gifted we become, the older we grow, the more medical, the more other things. In other words, seniors and retirees have different types of expenses than anybody else. I would have never believed. I mean, I'm a healthy guy. I, you know, I, I'd show you my picture. I'm ripped at 71 years old. In a few weeks, I'll be 72, but I am ripped and have abs because I work out every day and I continue to do that and I will as long as I wake up in the morning and I can get out of bed and go to my workout room, I'm going to work out every day doing abs, doing sit-ups and, and then I do pull-ups and push-ups and all the things that I do physically to keep myself fit. So I'm still here. I love what I do, but how are you going to increase your pay over the next 25 years to doubling it in 25 years? We'll continue our journey this month talking about Kim Butler's book, Perpetual Wealth, because one of the secrets to saving more and more money is becoming your own bank creating a banking process in your household, I refer to as the CFO project. In my new book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project, it's scrolling across the bottom here. There it is right there. You can get it by going to the CFO project, hyphen, cfo-project.com, put in your name and email address, you'll get a link and give you a full cover to cover download instantly. Go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can pick it up there. You can get Kim Butler's book, Perpetual Wealth, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. All the big booksellers have it. It is a phenomenal book. God bless. We'll see you here tomorrow again. 
at 12 News.